Today's episode of the Riderflex podcast is sponsored by our friends at Rockies Venture Club, an angel investing group dedicated to accelerating economic development by educating and connecting investors and entrepreneurs. Their mission is to advance economic development in the Rocky Mountain region. On today's episode of the Riderflex podcast, we have guest Brandon T. Adams, an Emmy award-winning producer and host of the TV series, Success in Your City, which can be seen on Amazon Prime. He's also the co-founder of Accelerant Media Group, a podcaster, motivational speaker, inventor, advisor, crowdfunding expert, and serial entrepreneur. I really enjoyed my conversation with Brandon. I think you will too. <laughs> oh, Brandon T. Adams on the Rider Flex podcast. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Hanging in there. So you're in you're you're in Minnesota, which I guess this time of year is fine. But uh, you like those winters? I mean, I don't know, bro. Uh, the polar vortex. No, I we had it a year and a half ago. It was no joke, negative sixty with windshield. Oof. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. But what, what, so that's where Samantha's from. Yeah. Yeah. My wife's from, uh, Minnesota. I'm originally from Iowa, which is just next to it, but yeah, I never thought I would be living in Minnesota. I guess that's what love does to you. <laughs> <laughs> did she say, yeah, we can get married, but listen, my family wants us to live here. Like how'd that work out? Well, you know, I gotta say it, she kind of deserved it because after I, somehow convinced her to travel the country, live in a bunch of different cities and, and film a TV show with me. Right. Like, I think right. at that point I said, you can have whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I never would have guessed you would have moved there. You know, I, I was watching uh, the first episode uh, and we'll get into the show and, and everything here as we move along. But I, I just thought, okay, well, he probably lives like in Hollywood now or LA, like they probably moved out to LA or something. I just assumed that. Right. Yeah. Uh, but not yet. Huh? No, not yet. Okay. I, I have a lot of friends in LA that keep saying, Oh, when are you gonna when are you gonna come out there? But I mean, now everything's like shut down, so it's like well, can't really enjoy the experience there, you right. know. But you right. know, I it's funny because my friends back home, I'm from Iowa and my town is Garnavillo, Iowa. Okay. And there's seven hundred people in the town. So it's like a very small town. So you can only imagine when I go home <laughs> and everybody knows me. And so my friends <laughs> joke and they're like they call me Hollywood. And it's like, I'm from a small town, grew up in the river woods, like one of the, almost like I was kind of a redneck, you know? Yeah. And, and now, uh, who knows, producing TV shows. How many kids in your graduating class? Ha. So we had, uh, before schools emerged, there was 30 some people in my class, but then after two schools and like five towns came together, we had one of the largest graduating classes of our school, which was 70 people. <laughs> uh, so tell me about your family, your mom, dad, siblings, G give us an overview. Yeah. So my mom is, uh, my mom works at a bank. She's been working there since she was 18 years old. She's a teller at a bank. Okay. My father is really kind of the person that formed me into the entrepreneurship space. He, uh, he grew up, he, he grew up as an entrepreneur, but he, in 1986, he started an ice business. So he sold packaged ice for a living. Okay. Very unique. And so I was born in 89. 
my childhood was working with my father delivering ice. So I was slinging bags down, you know, most people playing baseball in the summer, I was selling ice. And so that really showed me a lot in entrepreneurship. I got to see my dad go through the ups and downs of business. I mean, I've seen where he thought he was going to lose everything. I see he was making good money. And yep. so that was like in, ingrained in me. I always say I'm the Spartan entrepreneur. I got to see at a young age what it's like to have success in business. And so that kind of turned me into this guy that liked selling, liked to go and get more customers, how to communicate, relationships. And, and so that was like my childhood, a family business. Okay. And, and then I did have a brother and sister that were both older than me. And uh, so I'm the young one of the family. And it's interesting they, because they, I got to learn involved? from them. Okay. Okay. They, they were, we all were, but I, I ended up, uh, I ended up going to college and then, and coming back and for a short time. So I bought the business for my father. That was like a childhood dream of mine. And I bought it from him in 2014 and then worked in it while starting my other endeavors and in, in the TV space. So I, I don't think there's anybody else out there, a TV host and a ice man. Uh, like that's yeah. so unique but how did that so yeah. i understand i understand the entrepreneurial bug and so you got that from your dad and then i'm guessing in 2014 your dad got old enough to where he's like okay yeah can somebody can somebody buy this or take it over so he could like semi-retire i yeah that yeah, all I makes mean, that all makes sense but i don't where, where'd the where'd the tv and the the, the market where, where'd all that come in <laughs> yeah so it actually if you look back into it came from the business so like in a short way so I bought the business from my dad okay. and, and I had sold it here a year and a half ago. It was, um, okay. but what I, and that was really kind of came from my experience with the TV show and traveling the country. But when I was in the ice business, I was always determined to grow and I wanted to do beyond just what was in the ice business, my dad. Okay. So I had invented this product called Arctic stick and it was a, it was a product I wanted to have added to our ice products. So what it was an invention, that you could put into a bottle of beverage, keep it colder longer, and it'd be reusable. So okay. made out of polypropylene. I, I pursued that endeavor and I spent a hundred grand, my own money on it. Um, got some patents, trademarks. I ended up getting it on, uh, on Amazon to sell, like the product you can buy today. Okay. But that wasn't like the success. Like I never really recouped that money from that endeavor. Really? But okay. what happened is that endeavor led me to a thing called crowdfunding, raising money. Okay. So on my last leg of funding for my invention, I went to kickstarter.com, did a Kickstarter campaign, learned from that experience. And I realized, oh, there's a need for somebody to help others raise money. And so I ended up becoming the crowdfunding expert for people. And it just happened to be that I got into the film space because one, one of the main components of fundraising was the video you create. And so I enjoyed, I found out I really enjoyed being in front of the camera, creating these videos. I see. But also, I had an opportunity one day where a guy said, hey, you, uh, you crowdfund our TV show and I'll make you my co-host. So that was uh, the one opportunity that presented itself that got me into the TV space. And then from there, the rest was history. I see. Okay. Now the Arctic stick, did you sell that? Was that an entity that you sold or you still have ownership? No, it just kind of fizzled. Like I, you can still buy the product today. And, and some of my friends still like say, Oh, that was the dumbest thing you ever did, you know? Um, <laughs> but it was actually the smartest thing I did because no, 
I didn't make that 100,000 investment back from the invention, but I'll tell you that doing that invention led me to other endeavors yeah. that made me a lot more money back. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, if, if you can buy it today, what is it, like leftover product in a warehouse somewhere? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's sitting in an Amazon fulfillment center. It's, uh, yeah. I see, I see. But that was, but that was the doorway into all of these other things. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, so that's where it started. Okay. So this guy calls you out of the blue. Like some guy calls you and says, Hey, you helped me with this crowdfunding and I'm going to make you the, I'm going to make you the co-host where you're like, I mean, yeah. Talk, so talk to me about that. <laughs> yeah. It went, it went a little different. So I, uh, in 2015 and how I initially got connected with, uh, Gabriel Glenn, who we, how I got on the show is, uh, yeah. Gabe, I had told him I was had this idea to create this big event in Iowa because I was living in Des Moines, Iowa at the time. Okay. And it was an event for young entrepreneurs. And my first year we had we had over five hundred people there. It was it was pretty successful. And and one of the last sponsors that came in was this guy from Florida. His name was Greg Roulette. And he came in, sponsored our event, and he heard me speak on stage about crowdfunding. And so what happened is he got me aside. He's like, hey man. I mean, there's more to the story. So, Hey man, he's like, um, I got this show in Florida. How about you fly down? We'll film a masterclass on crowdfunding. You can make some money and, uh, yeah, we'll do a masterclass. Well, most people, I had him back in my mind, like, ah, he's not paying my way. Like I got to pay to get there. I gotta right, do right, right. Exactly. And, but I had trained my mind. I always trained it. If my mind says something, ah, laziness, like I would say, screw it. I'm going to do it. Okay. So I went to Florida, did the masterclass, but little did I know, he, he really wanted to pitch me on uh, doing a TV show. So I got down to the masterclass. He's like, hey, I got this pilot of the show. Um, here's a concept. What if you help me crowdfund it? I will make you my co-host and we'll film this show called Ambitious Adventures and we'll travel the country interviewing young entrepreneurs. And, 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 and you'll get paid if we make money on it. Yeah, there was really no payment part of it. I mean, gotcha, maybe. Gotcha, gotcha. And, but that for me, I was sold on, I could have my show, have a show with somebody. And okay. so I was all in, like I didn't even question it. We, gotcha. from the day I said yes, 60 days later, we launched our campaign. We raised about 53 grand in 28 days. At the end of the campaign, 28 days later, this is like July 28th or something. Within a week and a half, we were already filming our first episode. And now the 58 grand is not used for payroll. It's used for production costs. Travel oh, yeah. Costs. We didn't get. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it was more than that, by the way. <laughs> so I had to continue raising money internally um, to pay for. And we were putting our own money into it as well. Okay. All right. Yeah. They're not making money on this deal, but you're loving it. And you're thinking, boy, this could open up all kinds of doors. Okay. I, I see. What happened to that show? And what was the name of that show? Yeah, it, ambitious adventures. You can still watch it. it. It actually was pretty successful. It uh, we got an Emmy nomination. That was when I first found out what Emmys were. I got an Emmy <laughs> nomination for the Hollywood episode. Um, some names on there that you guys probably know, like Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. Okay. We had Kevin Harrington on it. We had uh, Lewis Howes and some other people. Uh, but we we got and filmed season one. Um, we we figured out how hard it was. We're pitching the networks, everything else. We ended up getting a deal through entrepreneur network. So entrepreneur network was pushing it to their audience and everything else. And this was actually when Facebook watch first came a thing when you actually okay. had to apply to be on Facebook watch. Okay. And so we got our show on there 
And then we eventually released on Amazon. And then where we came to the crossroads, I mean, it was people still watch it today. But what happened is my co-host was going in a different direction. And we're still really good friends today. I love the guy. He's like a mentor to me. And so he kind of got more out of the TV space. And I was, I'm younger than him. I'm just like, I just want to go all in and film shows. I see. I, I just, that's all I want to do. And so that's where I eventually went to go do my show with my wife. I see. Okay. Now, can I ask you, how are you making, were you, are you living off the funds from your ice company at that time or from the seller? Cause you're not making any money doing all this right there. So, so no, how, how, are, how are you funding it's, it's yourself? Opposite. I'm, I'm paying it money. Um, and this <laughs> right. is probably, this is where most people have no idea how to do their own show because most shows, what happens is you, you shoot a pilot like my co-host did. Okay. Uh, you get a like plan and you pitch it to a network and the network, if they like it, they will give you a budget and pre-order your show and you use that money to go film it. Okay. Well, we did the build it and it will come. So what I was doing is I still had my crowdfunding business. We had a company called Acceler okay. Media Group. Okay. So you're we were right. running that. Okay. And then I was doing at that time some speaking and coaching. So I was okay. making some money there. Okay. And then I also had the ice business. Okay. But got, gotcha. I was taking everything. I mean, I was taking my, a lot of the stuff I made and putting it back into my brand and filming. I see. But okay. Yeah. Um, not many people would do that. <laughs> yeah. That was risky. I mean, you're like, okay, listen, I'm all in on this deal. Oh, all right. I was, I was wondering how you, you, you were surviving personally during this time. Okay. So now you, you did that first show, your co-host, your buddy, he goes and, and does something else. How do you decide then, how do you come up with success in your city? How, do you, how, do you, how does that happen? Yeah, so 2017 comes around and I was, uh, I was part of a couple cool projects. I mean, I had done okay. the show. I also uh, was a part of the movie Think and Grow Rich Legacy, which is based on the book by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. So I'd helped them raise a bunch of money. I was in that movie. And so like I was starting to see what you would viewers would say is success or whatever people call okay. success. Right. And I was like in this midlife crisis at a very younger part. Like I was 27 at the time and at 27. How old, so, are, you now? How old are you now? 30. Okay. 30. Yeah. So, uh, so March, April, uh, in May of 2017, I had went through some very deep level, like training and kind of like Tony Robbins stuff, but on a different level. Okay. And I was really starting to question like my success and what, what is success and kind of me as a person. And, and I, I won like my wife and I, her birthday's on June 9th. Uh, I said, let's, we're going to go to Puerto Rico. I'm going to take you there for your birthday and we're gonna have a good time. So we went to Puerto Rico. We're sitting on a beach for a birthday and we're just brainstorming. She, she knows, like everybody knows we like to, for me, I like to have a mastermind session with my wife. That's like my happiest moment. (laughs) And so we're brainstorming over pina coladas. And I said, what are we going to do next son? And, and keep in mind, we weren't engaged at this point. We were just boyfriend, girlfriend. You weren't engaged. And had you already sold the ice company or you still had it? No, hadn't sold it yet. Okay. And right. so what we did is we had this idea and I said, why don't we travel the country? I had always had this idea of living in 12 cities in 12 months, okay. a crazy idea. And I thought if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. And so I somehow convinced her on doing that, but then I slowly kind of like slid in, let's document the journey and we can create a show on it and you can be my co-host. Okay. And 
Okay. And she, anybody that knows her, she has no desire to be in front of the camera. She doesn't like that stuff. And so I somehow convinced her of that. And, wow. and so that was in June 9th. As soon as we got back from Puerto Rico, we started planning it, gathering our team. In October that year, we did like a mini trip to different cities to kind of see like pitch idea. Like we would do presentations, try to, try to find talent and sponsors. Okay. And then that October, I had proposed to her. She said, somehow said yes. And what, and, now, what, uh, was she, what was she doing for a living at the time? Was she a personal trainer? Yeah. Okay. She was doing online training. Okay. And so uh, that December 27th of that year, we left our home in Iowa. And we drove to Scottsdale, Arizona, where you saw the, the episode we did on Shea Hill and Brand. And we started City One and Episode One of our journey for success in your city. How did you decide that was going to be episode one? How did you get connected to Shay? How did that even come about? Yeah, that, there's a whole story in that. So we, we wrote down, we got home from Puerto Rico. We wrote down all the cities that we loved. We're like, okay. where do we want to go? And so we wrote all these down. We went from like 30 different states, cities to like, okay, 15. And then we, we wrote down 12. Right. And then so when we did the mini trip, we did – we went to like seven of those 12 to go see what they would be like. And so when we went to these different cities, what happened is we got to see in the city. I, I leveraged some connection at the time, introductions, and we were just kind of seeing what we're doing. And obviously once you say you have a show, everybody wants to be on your show. Oh, gotcha. All right. You're, you're talking to people. You're just networking. Now yeah. you don't have a film crew following you around at that time. Do you No. You're, no, yeah. not at, at that time we were just, we were filming each other with our GoPro. Okay. Okay. Um, gotcha. In hindsight, it would have been nice to have it all filmed just to show the history of it. But yeah. But, okay. All right. All yeah. Right. All right. And so through your networking, you, somehow you get connected with Shay and, he, and he's like, yeah, I'll be on the show or something like that. <laughs> so what happened is I had, we were at the premiere in October for our movie, Thinking Rich Legacy. And one of my uh, friends and, and coaching clients had came to the premiere and they, they were amazed by the movie that they just saw. And, and we said what we're doing at the show. And they said, hey, we'll host a dinner for you in Scottsdale, Arizona, in front of all these influential people. And you speak in front of them and share your vision. So we made a trip down to Scottsdale in that October month. And I spoke to a group of about 40 people. And ultimately, that speech uh, led to gaining the sponsors for the first episode and the introduction of Shea Hillenbrand which ended up being the feature of the episode. Ah, gotcha. All right. Wow. That's amazing how all that came about. I mean, you're obviously you are a connector, right? And great yeah. with eat with EQ and meeting people and networking. Cause you opened all kinds of doors right there. Oh yeah. Uh, now is it, you, you just, let me guess, you're still not making money on, on this whole episode. You're still probably investing or, or are you actually, so, are you actually, do you have some income no, from it yet? <laughs> no, that's a good question. Um, so what I've done very uniquely is I've been able to utilize my brand and influence online through the videos and shows okay. to gain before COVID it was speaking gigs. So yeah. speaking gigs and everything else, but I advise six companies right now. Okay. So I advise companies that pay a retainer and then also I get stock in the company. Great. Great. Okay. That, that's, that's luckily has been kind of like my, what's allowed me to fund my life and then also still do my show. Um, I have yet to crack the sell for a million dollars an episode to a Netflix yet. 
<laughs> By the way, how does that work for us for, for us commoners how, to get your show on Amazon Prime? Like, uh, how, yeah, how does that even work? They're, they don't pay you for that. What can you just give us the basic overview? Yeah. yeah. So to any network. So you look at a network like Netflix, Amazon Prime, or or whatever Hulu. What usually happens is, like I said before, most times people don't go out and film something and try to sell it. They usually do the pitch. Hey, here's our idea. If people buy it, they'll go do it. Yeah. But 90, 98% of the people that go do that never will get picked up. Mm. So my whole thing was go create it and pitch it. Okay. So for me, I actually, for a year, I was pitching the show after we filmed it. And I was, I, I even flew to Netflix with no meeting and showed up at their front door and, and said, no. I, here's who I am. I shipped, I spent a hundred dollars in packages. My wife shipped personal packages to four or five execs um, and like showed up at the front door and, and said, Hey, I flew here from Minnesota. I'm here to see this person. And they wouldn't let me in. And then I said, well, can I email them on the side here and let them know I'm here because I had their emails. <laughs> and they said, yes, within two minutes, a guard was there and I was, I was like escorted out. So, so like talk about really the, the effort of doing whatever it takes. Uh, yeah. Right. Can we just pause right there for the listeners? I just want to take a quick pause. So, you know, when you look up Brandon T Adams and you, you find him on the online, he's all over the place, LinkedIn profile, YouTube, whatever you look up the show, you, you know, from an outsider perspective, you're kind of like, well, I wonder, you know, I wonder how he, uh, I wonder how he got all this done. Wow. This is, oh, he must've known somebody. Yeah. Must, somebody probably just like, somebody probably handed this to him. Like maybe his dad knew somebody, whatever. Like you make up all this stuff in your head. Like, oh, you know, how did he get here? Let me just remind the listeners, anybody you see that is successful, they are hustling their ass off, right? This is, this shit doesn't just happen by accident, no. right? It takes a lot of hard work, a lot of hustle, a lot of creativity, a lot of conversations. And there you go, folks. There's an example right there. He flies to Netflix and stands outside saying, hey, man, let me in here. <laughs> and so that's just one example of, I'm sure, a thousand things you could tell the audience right now of what it takes to, to be an accomplished entrepreneur and a successful TV star. <laughs> it, no, it's, dude, it's creating a TV show is the hardest thing I've ever done. Like I've done so many endeavors and what I was actually, I, I rarely fear anything. Like I'll take anything on. When I was on the airplane flying there to Los Gatos where I went to the location, like I thought to myself like, Oh shit, am I actually doing this? And so, <laughs> and then once I got escorted out, I, I didn't, document on camera going in because that would be disrespectful yeah that before i went in on my instagram story on social media i did a video and then when i came out i did a video and what happened is so many people saw that uh. it was it, they would share it all over social media and so i was getting positive and negative feedback it okay. got shared to a group of like an acting group mm. and i had haters like i had like I started questioning if what I did was right because they said, you're blackballed. You're never going to make it in the industry. You're apt. Like um, everybody knows you now and they're not going to even take you seriously. And so I started thinking, Oh, I was starting to believe them. I'm like, did I make a mistake? Mm -hmm. But what mm -hmm. I did got so much attention 
that it actually led to me getting some two known producers that wanted to pitch our show to the platforms, to net, right. the Netflix, all that. So it actually was a success in disguise. But what happened, awesome. now this is a lesson, like you guys are getting a full out understanding of the TV <laughs> show industry, is I had two different people that rep me. And so what I found out, like one, one network, one group wanted to pitch it. They thought they could sell it, but they wanted to change the name of our show. Okay. They wanted to take what we shot. They wanted to use it as a pitch and they wanted to shoot the show and do it in a totally different direction. Right. And so I could have went that route, but my wife and I looked at each other and that would, I said, we basically said that would basically everything we stand for in terms of living mm -hmm. your own version of success, mm -hmm. that would just shoot it all out of the door. Yeah. So we didn't take the sh those routes and we said, screw it. We're going to do it our own way. And so that's when we came to, okay, you have platforms like Amazon Prime. If you have a high quality show, okay. you can submit it and there's a verification process. And so we did it that way. I and see. so the show got on there. And so what the thing is, we're in charge of making sure beyond it being on the platform, getting the attention and getting the viewers and helping it get exposure. Okay, when you submit to them, uh, I, I'm guessing, what, 95% of the people that submit get turned down? I don't know what the stat is. I don't but. know what it is, but I know a lot more get turned down than they would get actually on. Right. It's, uh, you, you got to have a real show. Like, you can't right, just right. put yeah. something right. together. But, it's, uh, <laughs> man, it, I tell you, though, it's like, it, I'm very grateful that they have the opportunity for people like me to do that. Um, because I don't want to just put it on YouTube or do something like that. And that to me, like, it's just, it, it's not the same. It's not, no, the it's same not feel. I agree. No, I, no, I agree. As soon as I saw that it was on Amazon prime, I was like, Oh, okay. This is for real. That's that was my immediate response. <laughs> this is for real. Yeah. Uh, and, and when you first submitted, did, did you submit? And then they were like, no, this ain't good enough. You got to make some edits or, or you, you made sure no. when you delivered it, it was boom. It was ready. It was, it was boom. It was good. I, I talked to, so like, uh, I talked, looking back to Greg Roulette, um, we had our other show on Amazon Prime too. He already like understood the whole process, everything else. And they they've had some big films on there. So it, okay. it helped that I had people in my circle that kind of direct me along the way. Is the goal now, and I'm asking these questions because I'm totally ignorant to how the process works. Is the goal to eventually have enough viewers of the show for them to move it from Hey, you get this show free on Amazon Prime to hey, you have to pay for it? No, I mean I would love to always have it accessible to people that are like for example, you got to be a Prime member to watch a show. Yeah, yeah. Or Netflix a member. For me, I I mean what I'm going to do with everything I'm doing, I'm building this platform and I'm building an ultimate brand, but to get the show out, I really think the stories should be heard and seen. So get the show out to the highest level. What ultimately is going to happen, either I'm going to have a network that's going to come to me and because I'm still emailing these officials. Like I, I, I have bet you are. People, I'm one, I'm 23 emails in. And so, and no response, <laughs> but he's got my email. So I, what's going to happen is either we're going to have somebody come to us and say, hey, we really like this. We want full exclusivity. We'll buy this content. And we'll release it at the high level. Okay. Um, or what's going to happen is I'm going to continue just building my own network getting it out there. And eventually I'm going to, maybe it's a twist off of my own version of a show where I travel the country and, and have a network that funds it all. 
Okay. Um, one of the two is going to happen. Uh, or if it's not a network, what people don't realize when you look at a show, how does it get created? It gets created by funding. So you watch a lot of these shows on TV. I can tell you what's all product placement. Those shows, like let's say Ford, Ford could come in and say, I'm going to fund a whole season. I'll give you a half a million dollars. You go film five episodes. Okay. That's what decides it. Mm. Mm. Who's going to gotcha. fund it? Gotcha. Now are, are your, is the uh, plot or the subject, I don't know what the right word is for the shows. Is it going to all be like Shay where it was, where it was like, uh, oh man, you had this guy that was on top and then he hit rock bottom and now he's fighting his way back. Is that the theme or that was just for that show? So just for that, the, okay. the second episode, so I'll give you kind of a glimpse of that if you guys watching the next one. So Su success in your city, by the way, just for the listeners, we are talking about success in your city, which is on Amazon prime, or you can also yeah. go to success in your city.com. Yeah. Um, so go the, ahead. Go ahead. the second episode features a real estate team that started out of a closet literally and went from in 2007, did over 2 million in sales to going in 2019 doing 52 million in sales. And so it starts their, how they started from nothing and made it to the top and now how they're giving back. But the other episodes, it just gives you a unique perspective on what success is. So the whole storyline of it all is um, Samantha and Brandon travel the country and on a mission to find the true meaning of success before tying the knot in marriage and learning from unique stories around the country. So like we go to Boston, we learn from a violinist that was once homeless and created an orchestra. We go to Denver, we learn from women in the fitness industry. We went to Nashville, we learned from a country star or country musician who went from Wisconsin to Nashville and plays on Broadway every night. So we, we get a different perspective of what success means. It's not all, not all about money. It's about achieving their ultimate goal, maybe being a musician or starting an orchestra or being a success in their city in their own unique way. So mm -hmm. success has many forms and that's the whole point of it. It's not just money, power, and fame. Like people think of it that success yeah. is what you make it, whether it mm -hmm. is making a lot of money or it's becoming a TV show host or becoming a, a guy that creates an app and it becomes sold. Or maybe you want to be a mother in Iowa that wants to have three kids and be the best damn mother you want to be. How do you find you the are a success? If you go after what makes sense to you, so many people are living off of what society, social media. You're right. You're right. Isn't that so true? And by the way, it's great that you have that outlook this, this early in life. I mean, you're only 30 years old and you already understand that success isn't just about money. Yeah. In fact, in fact, millennials in general, I think have a better grasp of, of that than, than a lot of other generations, right? A lot of times they're like, Hey, listen, I'm, as long as I'm happy and I get to do the things I want to do, I don't have to, you know, be, be a millionaire. Um, so let me ask you, how do you find the story? How do you find the people? Do, do you, do you throw out a net and say, we're doing a show. And if you have an interesting, interesting story, call us. How do you get the, the subjects and the people? I was doing casting. I was on zoom calls with people, Skype calls, interviewing people. I did. There was times where I just posted on social media. Do you know any unique stories we can ah. feature in this city? I and see. so everybody wants to get seen on a show. So I would get these ideas, these stories. I would do the casting. I would listen to them. But also I, I utilize my network of people. So I, I knew some very interesting people. Okay. And so I said, hey, here's what I'm looking for. 
And that ultimately led to finding the right stories. And, and those people that I featured, that we featured, they, they helped us kind of tour the city. So like when we were in Boston, I had never been to Boston, Massachusetts before. Okay. But the person we featured knew the city in and out. So when we went to Boston, this is no shit. We got there on, I think, May 1st it was of 2018. We left by May 31st. And from that time we got there, we had to find the scenes. We had to plan it all out, fly in our crew, film it, and leave. We did everything and find a place to live during, like, graduation month. So we, we literally pulled it off in 31 days. Wow. Are you, do you outsource the production crew? Like, do you have a – is there, like, a third-party service? You're like, hey, guys, come on. How does that work? Yeah, yeah. So I, I have a production company called Accelerate Media Group, but I also um, – who I filmed in my last show with, uh, Bella visuals. So I had a, a company that, um, I already trusted knew, and he was my director. And I said, here's a deal. I got some, of my crew, you got your team. Let's come together. You take lead as director. I'm the host and I'll let you kind of take control of the cinematography and filming. And so, okay. Okay. Are you, in, are you, are you in charge? Am I in charge? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I don't know how this works. I see all the executive producers. There's like 20 of them. And then there's associate Ultimately, producers. Ultimately, I'm in like, charge. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. That's what I want to so know. So my like, wife and I are technically the owners, of the people in charge. The, the executive producers, so like Kevin Harrington and Jeff Hoffman. I saw they, that. They are like our mentors and guidance. And then uh, the director obviously has a good say in everything. And he gives us kind of like where the story should go. I have trust in him to determine that. At the end of the day, the final decision makers are us. Okay. I was wondering about that when I saw some of the other names on there. I thought, hmm, I wonder if he's captain on this deal at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Very good. Now, are all those executive producers putting in money too? So that's a unique thing. Uh, so most executive producers – you have very good questions, by the way. Uh, um, thank you. <laughs> so most executive producers uh, for shows, it's the person that funds it. it. It's somebody that brings it together, gets the funding. Okay. In this case, it wasn't. I didn't ask for money. Ooh, I didn't want to ask them for money. What I did is I said, I want you to be a part of this. Will you help me with this? Contribute your resources and your time. And in return, you get to be a part of this. Mm. And so that is ultimately what helped me raise the money. Wow. Okay. How much money did it I don't even know if you can share that or if you want oh, to share, I can share. But Yeah, we, we got over 300000 into it. 50% um, of it was out of my pocket. The other 50% was from sponsors. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm captain because I've paid the price. <laughs> what is, define sponsor. What does that mean? Like, how, what is it, how do you define a sponsor? So a sponsor, in this case, or we call it some kind, it's like a, a contributor to the, the products we're on. They, they wanted to be involved in the project, they believed in it, and they also got some exposure. So okay. they would pay X amount of dollars and they could uh, say they're associate producers, so they'd have a title, a title. And so that's where the funding goes in. They got titles for it. I see. And some of them got to be in certain scenes uh, of, of the uh, project, but also I see. I see. when we were there, we filmed for four or five days at a time on the last day of filming, I provided video assets for them that they got to use for their business because my crew was already there. Gotcha. Okay. Very good. All right. Sounds good. So let me ask you now, what's it like to work with 
Samantha and live with Samantha. How is that? You guys are working together every day. You're living together. How's it going? How's it going? How long have you been married now? Uh, it'll be in uh, October. Huh, I'm questioning October 24th. I'm like, when's my wedding day? October 24th. It'll be two years. Uh, we'll be married. We've been together for seven. How'd you meet her, by the way? I met her at a bar in Winona, Minnesota. Okay. I, All right. I said I need five shots, and this girl at the end of the bar said make it six, and the rest was this. <laughs> I like that. Uh, okay, so back to my other question, though. Yeah, I was thinking about you guys. I was watching the show, and I thought, okay, both of these guys are pretty driven people, pretty competitive, probably both type A. They're working together every day. They're traveling together every day. They're living together every day. I wonder how that's going. <laughs> Where's she at? Is she in the background there? Is she? Where, no, where? no, she's not. She, uh, <laughs> she's actually at the gym right now. But she, uh, you know, we we called off the wet. She called the wedding off multiple times uh, that year. <laughs> and, and I believe let me it. Tell you, if you want the ultimate it. test in marriage, like go travel the country together, mm -hmm. live together for 120 days straight. Because at one right. point we went 120 days together in a hotel room in hotel rooms. And go film a show together while you're planning your wedding. I thought about that last night, bro. When I was watching the show, I thought, hmm, I bet there's some, I bet there's some, some, uh, some stories in there. <laughs> yeah, we broke through. There was, we got to episode four. We're in the middle of filming in day two of day four. And, and she said to me, the wedding's off. I'm done. I'm not filming anymore. <laughs> And, and I, I messaged my director or I went and I, I'm like, his name's Sean. I'm like, Sean, Sam just said she's done. I'm like, what do we do? <laughs> He's like, you better fix this shit, man. Right now. <laughs> I mean, he, he, I mean, he, she came uh, so back good. and she did it obviously, but it's yeah. So good. So good. So a lot of our listeners, Brandon, uh, you know, they are either early executives looking for advice you know, maybe CEO advice, captain advice, if you will, or they are entrepreneurs, they've started a business, or maybe they want to start a business. So a lot of executive slash entrepreneurial type listeners for the show. If there's somebody out there thinking, boy, I want to start, let's just loop it all into entertainment, whether it's a podcast, yeah. a podcast, a, I don't know, a video cast, they want to do a show, anything like that at all if they're thinking about wanting to do something i know you could give them three hours worth of advice here yeah i mean give me, I give, me a, biggest, give me a couple of things go ahead i think the biggest thing is your dream team the the thing that we did that was very smart because this is a kid that wasn't like grew up in hollywood and had all these steven spielberg like as a i like i didn't have that background and so what i did is I went to some very influential people in the space and kind of outside the space. And I said, here's my vision. I had already built up a track record in my own way. I said, here's my vision. Here's what I want to do. Would you like to be a part of the opportunity? So I found the key players and individuals to be on my team, the executive producers, the director, my wife was very good looking. And I yep. found these people and so because of that, that is what attracted us to be able to achieve the success we did. If you're an executive, you better be careful. Make sure you hire the right people and surround yourself with the right people. Because if you don't, it will literally determine from you succeeding and thriving or you failing. 
you get the wrong people on your team, it'll end everything. So for me, I was very lucky to find the right team. And if you want to go, whether it's producing a show or whatever it is you do, make sure you have the right people involved. Excellent advice, my friend. How about uh, raising cash? You, you are uh, somewhat of an expert there. Uh, you know, Just a little bit. I, I, again, I know you could give like a three hour answer, but just a couple of little, somebody's like, man, I got this idea. I want to make this Arctic stick. I, yeah. I, I need some, I need some cash. What, 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 there's all these different places you can go to, you know, raise money. What, what would you tell them? Have a very strategic plan on what you're doing and how it benefits others or specifically how it benefits the person that's going to give you money, whether that's, the person buying your product or the person investing in your company or giving you sponsorship money. Um, so that's the first part. Give them a unique experience. that's beyond just the value they get from their investment. What's mm. unique experience they can get Because some people will buy into an experience, show that value and then follow through. Like mm -hmm. you follow through. It's like you, people talk all day. Talk is nothing. Walk, like do the shit you say you're going to do. And oh that's my God. Yes. And done. Yes. 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 I just did a podcast episode on that. Just, just, just try doing what you said, right? The words coming out of your mouth, by the way, that that's all the way down to, Hey, I will call you tomorrow morning. Hey, I'll send you that tomorrow afternoon. You know, just anything coming out of your mouth, just do it. I mean, you'd be amazed how successful you Yeah, can. I get let down by people that say they say things, but they don't do them. I, we could, we could do another two hours on that topic, by the way, yeah. I, that, that drives me nuts. Um, okay. What platform, by the way, do you recommend, or do you want to, do you want to mention a specific one to raise cash or does it matter? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess. Are you mean for, in terms of fundraising for the, the show or where to put the show? Um, no, no, no. For, for like, if you wanted to raise cash, like GoFundMe or whatever, I know there's all these different yeah. things. So, I mean, I've, I've personally raised money for a show on kickstarter.com. Okay. I've also, uh, did, the largest docudrama in history on Indiegogo for our movie. Okay. Um, so I've done both platforms there. When I did my own show, I didn't want to do a platform. I just wanted to do my own unique way. Okay. So then I internally crowdfunded by providing value, experiences, and involvement. Mm. And so um, you pick. I mean, each one has their own unique value to add. But for me, I, I didn't want to. I know how hard a crowdfunding campaign was. And when you have a time like, hey, from here to there, I just was always fundraising all the time. And I didn't want one campaign that if let's say it didn't hit the big goal to be seen as a complete failure that would hurt my reputation for moving forward with the show. Mm. Okay, really good advice. What, what's your dad doing now, by the way, when you call him, is he like, holy cow, I can't believe my, my son who was like managing the ice businesses, he's on, he's on TV, that's cool. What, yeah, yeah, he's what? still trying to figure out everything I do, but he, uh, <laughs> what he does for fun, is he uh he buys and sells airboats so he uh he grew up in the mississippi river and an airboat's like a fan on the back of a boat if you ever seen water boy water boy's yeah. dad yeah. or mom right. had the airboat right um so he's bought and sold i think 29 airboats in his life how about and that? and so these are like 30 40 50 thousand dollar airboats have and you so, thought about oh, okay go ahead yeah but anyway so that's what he does he he is any he, he has a cabin he hangs out at he's kind of semi-retired but cool that's what he does have you thought about having him on the show like a, a little like a little you know a little clip like you know i don't know here's my he, dad he <laughs> so he's he's actually he's in part of the final episode oh he is cool very cool yeah 
All right. I, All right. One thing I think everybody should do, by the way, is if your father is still alive, anybody listening, go and interview your father. Mm-hmm. And if you want some interview questions, uh, Brennan Bouchard has a thing that says questions you should ask your father or mother before Ooh. they die Ooh. in an interview. And I interviewed him on my show three years ago, one of the most viewed, listened to shows, but it is for yourself, probably one of the greatest things you can do. And for your, your uh, mother or father, I'll tell you, it made me realize things about my father that I didn't realize before. And it actually made me realize why I do the things that I do. Mm, that's good stuff, Brandon. I appreciate you sharing that. By the way, my mom was a bank teller her entire life too. We got that in common. Oh, wow. Yeah, Look at that. Yeah. She worked at the same bank for like 30 years. Yeah. That's crazy. The same thing. Um, two final questions here. If, if you could do anything differently coming out of college, maybe you could dial it back nine years now. If you could do anything differently at all, would you do something different or would you, would you say, no, I, I feel pretty good about how it's gone so far? You know, I'm, I'm very happy with what I've learned in my experiences. I think the best lessons are learned through your temporary defeats. Uh, the one thing that I did do and I would suggest to anybody is I read this book called Think and Go Rich. Can't mm-hmm. see the thing there, but Think and Go Rich when I was 20 years old. And that was what I, that's the Bible I live my life off of. I mean, that, that is literally my college degree. Anything I learned in college, that book. So read that book. And I guess the sum up the takeaways is for one, figure out what you want in life. Once you figure what you want out, build a solid plan around it and surround yourself with people that will help you get there. Um, and then the biggest thing is don't quit. Like I've been challenged so many times like to quit for doing our show, but I just knew that I was going to do it. When I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And yes, there was a lot of heartache along the way, but I was committed to what I was going to do. So go read the book, Think and Grow Rich, and uh, that will give you 13 principles that will lead you to your success. Well, one more question here. If you had to define your core purpose in life. Yeah. And you had to put that core purpose into a sentence or two, what would it sound like? My core purpose is to utilize my talents and gifts that God, God gave me to be able to impact as many people as possible in a positive way. And how I do that is through storytelling and communication, specifically through films, TV shows, and speaking. Very good, my friend. Awesome, Brandon. So one more time for the listeners, it is Success in Your City. It's on Amazon Prime. I think two episodes now are are available, right, to watch. And when does the third one come out and how many uh, episodes are there? Yep. So check it out, Amazon Prime or successinyourcity.com. There's two episodes out. Um, we have five total episodes. The next episode comes out in late September. Okay. And then how about season two? Season two. Well, ask my wife that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did she say now she has to be on the show, right? I mean, she's got to be on there. I it's- mean, she's a star. Uh, well, I mean, you both are, but uh, it's a good, I mean, yeah. Like if, if, if you told me she wasn't going to be on season two, I'd be like, okay, that's a, that's a, that's a bummer. Are you going to have to figure that out? Yeah. Tell her I said that. Is she saying she doesn't want to do another season? Uh, I think, I think what it came down to, if somebody came to her and offered her what she would want, maybe she would do it. But <laughs> she, uh, she went the first year with us doing it, not getting paid. So she, she didn't like that. <laughs> well, now she's great on the show, but really, you know, what's, I think people are fascinated by the story 
the personal story, the personal struggles and triumphs, you know, it, they really are. I, whatever it is, whether it's Shay's story or, or anybody, and it's the same for our podcast here on RiderFlex. Our most listened to episodes are the ones where people are talking about, hey, you know, right in here, I was out of money and I thought my car was going to be repossessed. And then over here, I closed the deal and we finally got, you know, the, the, they want to know that. I think people are fascinated by the personal ups and downs of life. And so I, I think that I, I'm c confident that what you're doing will continue to be successful and be watched. I mean, even my own wife's reaction to watching the first episode you know, she was definitely drawn in and I, and I was too, cause you're like, Oh man, how did, okay, so what happened to Shay? Like what, Ho what? He was sleeping in a van, huh? Holy cow. Okay. And I think people, they're, they're intrigued by that. And so if you keep telling those good stories, I, you're going to have another season, whether Sam's on there or not, I want her to be on the show, but you can, you know, if let, you do let me give you a, let me give you before we go, because I think they need to hear this. Um, when we went to Austin, Texas, uh, and this, I mean, if you guys want to read about it, you can read it in our book. We tell it all. Okay. But when we went to Austin, Texas, we left Scottsdale. We had all the success. The table turned when we drove to Austin because what happened is we ran out of funding, but also I had a business that I was in the process of buying out a business partner. Okay. I had some, let's just say when it rains, it pours. While in Austin in a hotel room, I almost lost everything. I went, I was for about a week straight. I was negative in my bank account and I thought I was going to have to file bankruptcy. While you were and filming the show, this is while you were filming the show. Th this was in the middle before, like a few weeks before we started filming the okay. second episode. Wow. But I was on my last credit card <laughs> and our relationship was at a depth. Like my wife was depressed. I was, I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought it was crazy. Literally like a few days after that lowest moment, I had a deal go through that made me more in that deal than I had made in the whole previous year. And all of a sudden I was back in the game. <laughs> I will tell you that you're going to be challenged. If you're going on to create a show or doing anything like a, a known accomplishment, I will tell you, you're going to be challenged beyond your depths and you're going to be facing adversity. And my advice is if you just keep going, there's, there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I found that out when we experienced that in Texas. Awesome. Awesome. Brandon, thank you so much for being on the Rider Flex podcast. Thank you. I appreciate coming on. The Rider Flex podcast features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviews. Our show can be heard just about anywhere these days, but you can visit riderflex.com and click on the podcast page to hear all the previous episodes and learn more about the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Contact us at the email address info at riderflex.com or 888-964-5876. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoy our show, please be sure to subscribe to our channel and like the episodes.